It's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Hello, this is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. Are you texting me, sweetie? Nope. Oh, you got I your am, phone there. I know, I'm doing things. So Zen Parenting Radio, it's a podcast. This is number 194. <laughs> is it a podcast? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Zen Parenting Radio, it's a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages 6, 9, and 11. And our goal is to give you the resource to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you, sweetie. And always remember our motto. You ready? Uh Uh-huh. The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. You got that? Uh Thank you. Thank you. I just applauded myself. I know. Um, Topics this week. Uh, I'm going to talk about Tournament of Bad is coming back. Ah! Will you play the thing? The Tournament of Bad? Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. I haven't heard that in a long time. Um, we have a few really good questions from some listeners. Okay. Um, I want to have a tournament of bad. Well, start thinking they're good looking. Okay, I got Okay. What's cooking good looking? I, I don't cook, so I don't think much. That's not true. You make pasta. And I make tacos. Tacos. I cooked an egg today. Cook a mean pizza. A, a mean frozen pizza. Because you know what I do? What? Extra cheese. What? Why have normal cheese when you can have extra cheese? Yeah. Well, you can like see where it needs to be filled in. Why have a hamburger when you can have a cheeseburger? All right. Um, and we have some good questions. We're going to talk about Emma Watson, Hermione. And she's got this thing with the UN. We're she talk is about a that. UN ambassador. She is more than Her- Her- Hermione. That's right. And we're going to talk about maybe, if we have enough time, about being rich. I want to be rich. You want to be my girl. Wait, you're singing two different songs. I thought you were singing, I want to be rich. Want to be my girl. What's that? I don't know. (laughs) You're mixing up songs. So big whoop. That's a total like mom translator thing. I want to talk, I want to explain our marketing strategy to our fans first. We don't have one. (laughs) Um, I've tried to like spend money on Google ads and promoted on Facebook with money. Silly. And Kathy has rightfully kind of shot that idea down. And basically our marketing uh, emphasis is just to have our listeners talk about us. You know what? I think instead of saying we have a marketing strategy, why don't we just, do you enjoy doing this? Yes. I do too. Yeah, but we need to make it available to people who are looking for us. We do. But if we do, if we keep doing what we're doing and we love doing it, so it's not like it's a chore. And we did a free show last week. We did. It, they're all free shows. Well, we did FYI. an extra show. If we just keep doing this, then people listen and it doesn't, and we get emails that people get, you know, they feel helped or inspired or whatever. So who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Just, just enjoy it and pass it on. And uh, yeah, tell one friend. And so on. And, and so, so on. on. And, and so, so on. on. So, um, anyways, that's what we're talking about this week. Um, but the questions are good ones. I missed what we were talking about this week. Emma oh, the Watson, questions. Being rich. Being rich. And the uh, tournament of bad. Okay. And then we have some things to promote. I got a men's group thing coming up and I got you got stuff. a book coming up. I do. So, anyways. And we have the replace the race thing coming up. Oh, I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Okay. So first let's talk about Emma Watson. All right. And I'm going to play a clip. So Emma Watson is the lady from Hermione. <laughs> She is oh, from, from, her, Harry from Harry Potter. Her, her name is her, Hermione. Her name is Hermione. I only saw the first one. Yikes. You're a yikes. <laughs> and she is uh, speaking to the UN, and she calls for men as advocates for gender, gender 
equality. Well, look, she's a UN. I'm reading it. Don't I know, get but mad. I'm not. I'm not getting you're, mad. You're mad. <laughs> I just would like to give this the proper introduction. You're saying I didn't do that. Okay. So anyway, she gave this speech yesterday. She gave it to the UN. She's a UN ambassador for this new. Um, what would you call it? A new mission. Okay. A new um, adventure. No, give me help me with policy. The word. It's it's. Important thing. Okay. Okay. So everybody right now is screaming at whatever phone or whatever saying, Kathy, the word you're looking for is blah, blah, blah. It's a new plan. Initiative. Initiative. Thank you. It's a new initiative by the UN. It's called He for She. And what it is, is it is a call to action for women, but even more for men to start focusing on gender equality. And what I love about, and I know Todd's going to play some of her speech, is that not only does she focus on, okay, obviously it's time for gender equality, not over, not only in this country, but around the world. I mean, we have it easy compared to what's going on around the world. Yeah. You know, the places where children are married off when they're 10 years old and right. places where um, women aren't even given the right to show their faces. Right. So it's very different in this country, but this country still has issues. Right. And what she's saying is not only do men need to support women, but men start to recognize how you are not given the ability to be yourselves either. Right. She doesn't just talk about, woe is me, I'm a female. No. She talks about how men need help too. Men need support because they there's no gender equality there either. They're not allowed to be sensitive. They're forced to think they need to be controlling and aggressive. And they're, it, it pushes them to this place where they numb out and don't have any sense of um, compassion or feeling. And so what she does is give this very well-balanced speech that Todd and I couldn't agree more with because that's everything we're trying to talk about in right. this show. It's not about just women. It's not about just men. It's both of us coming together. Right. So he for she is the UN initiative that she's talking about. The YouTube clip is actually almost 14 minutes yeah, long. It's too long. So to it'll be in the show notes. and Or if you just you know put, go into YouTube and click on he for she and you'll be able to find it. We're going to play a few minutes from it. Okay. Um, and this is kind of how it starts. I'll play about a minute, and then we'll chat, and then we'll play another minute. So here we go, Emma Watson at the UN. I've seen young men suffering from mental illness, unable to ask for help, for fear it would make them less of a man or less of a man. In fact, in the UK, suicide is the biggest killer of men between 20 to 49 eclipsing road accidents, cancer, and coronary heart disease. I've seen men made fragile and insecure by a distorted sense of what constitutes male success. Men don't have the benefits of equality either. We don't often talk about men being imprisoned by gender stereotypes, but I can see that they are and that when they are free, things will change for women as a natural consequence. That's pretty good. It is, even though she's going to explain how. Can you keep going? Sure. I didn't know where to stop. Yeah, keep going. If men don't have to be aggressive in order to be accepted, women won't feel compelled to be submissive. If men don't have to control, women won't have to be controlled. Both men and women should feel free to be sensitive. Both men and women should feel free to be strong. 
it is time that we all perceive gender on a spectrum instead of two sets of opposing ideals. That could have, that's that's a good place to stop, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this she totally nails it. I mean, she does an amazing job. We talked about this a few months ago about how you are such a big supporter of, I don't know, feminism, and we should probably talk about what the definition of that word is. Yeah, so feminism, by definition, is gender equality, right. meaning that, you know, that the belief system is is that women should have the same rights as men. And can I interrupt you? Okay. Um, I remember in college, my take on that word was that girls were trying to be superior than us. Right. So I feel like that's some of the baggage that a lot of guys have about that word. I well, mean, she talks about that at the beginning, right? Did and you? Are you going to play that? I'm part? not. So just okay. Because it took it took it take, a long time. Took time. So she talks about at the beginning how the thing that Emma Watson says, which I fully agree with and experienced myself, was that when she wanted to do something like when she was a kid and she wanted to direct the play, she would be called bossy. But if her friends, her counterparts who were boys wanted to, they never were. And if she were to get a job that's the exact same as a, as a boy or a man, she would be paid less just because she's a woman. Right. And I could go on and on and on. So she said, to me, it became very clear that I was a feminist. Yet people have such a problem with that word. It's a, it's a hot word. It's a hot word. It carries because, a lot of energy. Because it was made to be a hot word. Right. Because what people did is when something is powerful and very very commonsensical. It scared people. You it have scared to, the dudes out there. You have to change it. Yeah. Which that's it's dudes and some women. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that's so interesting is when we watched that thing on PBS about um, the Equal Rights Amendment, yeah. the ERA for women, or was it? Yeah, it was ERA. And f- to get that passed, the the reason that that didn't pass wasn't. It was partly pushed back from male, but there was a whole female group that rose up and said, we don't want equal right, rights. Right. And so women are afraid of this too. Do you remember that? Do you remember do. what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so the we have to, instead of be afraid of change, understand of what we're asking for. All we're asking for, there's no superiority. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. We're asking for balance. We're asking for, if I get the same job you do, why would you get paid more? And if I said that to your average person, they'd say, yeah, that's not fair. And I'd say, are you a feminist? And they'd say, oh, gosh, no. Right. So they don't understand what the definition of well, the word I, yeah, is. Yeah, I don't think they want to be categorized as it or they're afraid of it or they don't understand the definition of it. So the one way for us to get past that is to talk about it, which is what we're doing right now. Because I know as a man, I I have to be honest, there's like the word feminism, I had an aversion to that word. And now as I'm understanding that it's not about women being more powerful than a man, it's about let's just level this playing field. It makes it much less scary. Well, and the thing is, is when the word was born in the whole era of Gloria Steinem, you know, feminism, mm-hmm. it was a little more aggressive because it had to be. We were at a place where it was an, you know, civil rights. Right. You know, it was at a time when it needed to be shouted loud, and and there was no violence in it. Mm-hmm. It just needed to be a little more assertive yeah. than women usually were right. at the time. So of course, it carries that energy, but. The the truth is now we've we have come a long way baby yeah but there's still work to be done right so here's my thing 
don't use the word feminism if it bothers Equality. you. Equality. Equality's fine. Yeah. I love he for she. Yeah. I love I you know, I so love words that if a word is messing up your your perception, message, your message your or your ability to take a stand, find a different it. word. Right. You know, that's what you know, that's what you can do. Well, and I feel like um as a man, sometimes I just feel like I got too much to worry about and feminism really doesn't have a whole lot to do with me. And then you think, oh, I have a mom, I have three daughters, I have a sister, I have a wife. Of course it has something to do with me. And if men would start to or continue to assert themselves in equality for both sexes, the women probably wouldn't have to scream as loud, shouting from the mountaintop saying, hey, we need these equal rights. We need the, If the men don't come along for the ride, it's going to make it that much harder to do. And I think we might even play a clip from that as far as how long it's going to take if we leave it up to only the women to do this. Well, and not only that, I think the, the biggest thing that you need to understand is it's also for you personally. Instead of men saying, okay, ladies, I'll do this for you. Men don't have gender equality either. You You guys deal with the ramifications of the way things are set up, which is the issue of all the men who are in prison, all the violence, all the aggression, all the numbed feelings, all the repressed emotions, um, the lack of friendships, the isolation, the suicide, the loneliness. You guys are getting the shaft too. Right. And if you guys could understand that that helping women and supporting women, then I, I'm doing a, fi- a visual that you guys can't see, but it'll bring things back into balance for you too. Right. Instead of viewing it as you're doing us a favor, you are doing, doing this it for, for you yourself. too. Well, because maybe it will help us men become more vulnerable if we do it because that's what she's talking about in that last clip and that's all I ever talk about like you and I kind of had a disagreement on the show a few months ago and it was regarding your I don't know what the clip was but it was had something to do with we have to empower women empower women and I'm all for empowering women but I feel like the men are the ones that are screwing everything up so unless we address the men then it's not empowering the women isn't going to make that much of a change and and I agree and yet simultaneously, if you support the women, it will change for you. Right. So I'm not saying it's the only thing you do. Right. I'm saying that's the piece that men miss is they think they're doing, like I said, us a favor. And they're not. When really it's a whole cycle. And it's and not circle. for my mom or my no, sister or it's for, it's for you. me. And, you and all- that shifts the perspective. Exactly. That changes how we bring the men in. This exactly. isn't to help your sister this is to help yourself. This isn't about... And that's confusing. I know. And and it can be both. Yeah. You know, I believe that my mother, my sister, my daughter, my wife deserve the same rights I do. And I also know once women are empowered, this whole country is going to change. Right. If you want to talk about financial, mm-hmm. if, you know, think about all the clips from Girl Rising, all mm-hmm. the research that was offered in that documentary about how if women were allowed to be educated in these countries, they would have no more financial issues right. because the women would rise up and take care of what needs to be done and be right. part of the... It, part of the solution right. instead of being repressed. And all of these issues regarding money and economics would go away. But we're so short-sighted that we decide that you know only half of the population should be making decisions. Right. And that half, wonderful. It's not about men bashing. It's about we are, you're missing half the country right. in the decision-making. If we were both at the table, then the decisions would be a lot easier to make and they would work for the po- the entire population. Right. 
So I'm with you. Yeah. Um, we have forgot to talk about our first partner. Oh, go ahead. Um, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. That's Dr. Kelly. She is our chiropractor. She adjusts us on a weekly basis. Uh, her phone number is 630-941-8733. Dr. Kelly's awesome. She accepts most all insurance, um, you know, people that you work with, insurance agents, whatever. You insurance, don't work with insurance agents. Insurance companies. You have an insurance She takes company. most insurance. She takes most insurance. Uh, she helps you out with uh, finances if you want to do a payment plan. She's really flexible with that. She certainly helped us with all that. So if you're interested, um, people from all over Chicago, go to her. We know that. Um, 630-941-8733, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, Dr. Kelly. Yay. All right. So here's the second clip. You ready? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it's about, but we'll, we're about to find out. Applause. She must have said something good right before then. Well, that was the end of what we just finished. If we stop defining each other by what we are not and start defining ourselves by who we are, we can all be freer. And this is what he, she is about. It's about freedom. I want men to take up this mantle so that their daughters, sisters and mothers can be free from prejudice but also so that their sons have permission to be vulnerable and human too. Reclaim those parts of themselves they abandoned, and in doing so, be a more true and complete version of themselves. You might be thinking, who is this Harry Potter girl? All right, she goes on to say some funny stuff, but... This is Ed Parenting Radio. For If this is the first time you've listened to us, you may be like, why aren't they talking about timeouts? Well, first of all, we don't really talk about that type of stuff on this show. It's kind of a different parenting podcast, but this is important to you as a parent. We have sons and we have daughters. And you know, we've already talked about in the first segment of the show, our sons do not know after a certain age how to be vulnerable because they're taught to man up. They're taught to be a man. Don't be soft. Don't be emotional. Don't be emotional. and Don't care. And those ideas are harming our boys and it's, clo- it's shutting them down. So what we're trying to do is open them back up. And I've always uh, said that I wish there were more tools out there for the boys. Like we've, we've done this BU girls club and I tried to do BU boys club and it didn't work because I don't know, people weren't ready. We didn't have enough people involved. And my hope is that when we decide to launch this in whatever form it takes, there's going to be in whatever form it takes that people are going to be interested, whether it's a workshop or anything. You're saying, no, I'm not talking about what we've done. I'm talking about if I do a workshop for boys, I want them to sign up. Right. You want the parents to understand why it's important for them to know right. this like, for their sons like as well. We're doing a workshop for, for the girls and yeah. the moms, right? Yeah. Yeah. If we do the same thing for the men and their sons, do you think it'd be as well attended? I know. I don't. So I don't. my goal is to do these things Absolutely. and to have them sign up. Right. I And the only reason I'm saying no is because it, the way you were stating it was sounding like a BU boys club no i did not that was your interpretation of it Ah. it was just to change it change the change what's accepted got it that's all all right what do you got Nothing. No, okay. I'm in total you don't, you agreement. You don't have anything else about oh, Emma? about her. I thought you meant about what no, you just said. No, we're done. Said. We're done um, having that fight. Uh, it was a big one. Yeah. Um, Glad we got past that It was tough. One. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So what did she just say? Well, just I feel like we kind of are reiterated right. what she just said. Right. And the fact is, is that, you know, 
it's for the bigger it, it's for bigger than just allowing women to have the same payment. That is a sign of gender equality. Right. But it's about widening our lens and understanding the more that we see each other as equals and the more we're allowed, and this is the big BU piece, to be to be ourselves and to be free to be ourselves, the more healthy this world is going to be. Mm-hmm. When we are, I'm just going to keep expanding here, when we know that we are enough and we feel good about we, who we are and who we came into this world to be, we will be gentler with the earth. We will be gentler with each other. We will be gentler with animals. We will treat people with love because we feel that inherent love. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are right now. That's where we st- we're stuck right. is everybody feels so uncomfortable in their own skin and they're in so much pain that they direct all their pain outward. And it sometimes comes out on other people. Sometimes it comes out in a, a disdain for you know an organization or a group or a culture or the just the earth. Well, disdain to themselves. Uh, Emma in this clip, I'm not going to play it, but she talks about the amount of suicides in in England. She, you did play it. Oh, she, oh, did yeah. I play mm-hmm. that? That it's more than cancer and more yeah. than all that other we stuff. Played that. Mm-hmm. So um, it, for twenty two to forty nine, yeah, that it's higher than road accidents, cancer, and heart disease put together. Right. So that gives you an idea of why things need to change. Yeah. Um, what else is I going to say? Oh, so I signed up for this uh, whatever he for she. Yeah. Thing. Explain what you did. It's he for she dot org, and you know they just say, hey, are you on board or are you not on board? So I clicked on, I agree. And I am the 46,000th man to take the commitment. Every person makes a difference. Help them reach 100,000. Hopefully by tomorrow we'll be at 100,000. So your commitment that you took is to agree to support this concept. I'm in. Yeah, and I also agreed, but because I'm not a man, I couldn't do that next piece. That's right. That's not very equal. <laughs> so women and men can go to the website, heforshe.org. Heforshe.org. And you can agree and just, it, the whole point is to just let, it's to start, you know, the awareness that mm-hmm. this is out there. Right. And that, you know, again, at the beginning of what Emma Watson says she, uh, of her speech, she talks about how this is just not a bunch of talking heads saying, wouldn't this be nice? Right. They're going to be proactive. They're going to do things to make change. Right. They're going to implement change. And so it makes me very, it, it's been, put it this way, I'm more excited about this than I've been excited about anything in a long time because it's, it's global. He for she is a solidarity movement for gender equality that brings um, together one half of humanity in support of one other of the other of humanity for the entire entirety of humanity. That's what it says on the web page. Yeah, it, but isn't that beautiful? You kind of read it choppy, but read it again. Now it's time to unify our efforts. He for she is a solidarity solidarity movement for gender equality that brings together one half of humanity in support of the other of humanity for the entirety of humanity. See, isn't that lovely? Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else on Emma? No, that's right. good. I think that for anybody who hasn't seen her entire 12-minute speech, I posted it twice today on the BU Inc. Facebook page, on the Zen Parenting Radio Facebook page. Todd will put it in the show notes, but it's worth your 12 minutes. Watch it with your kids. Uh, JC watched yeah. it with me, and it was, you know, it's important so they understand what's going on. And what I love about Emma Watson being the spokesperson um, is that's someone that our children, they know who that is, yeah. and they will listen to her yes yeah watch it with your sons yeah watch uh, yeah thank you todd watch it with your sons 
Our second partner is John Kelly. I was just at his office with my two daughters um, this afternoon. Yeah. And their mouth is apparently developing beautifully. Beautiful. They have these expanders in their mouth, which instead of using braces to retract the teeth at the expense of your airway, as I'm understanding through talking to Dr. Kelly, it expands the mouth. Your posture ends up being better. Your airway is better. And your, your overall alignment is better. So, uh, but you need to start early. Like by the time they're old, 12 or something, it might be too late. Because so. like Cameron's is moving a lot faster. JC is 11. So he's having to do a little more work to catch up to Cameron because she's younger. Right. So it's, it's really in alignment with our message and the way we think about wellness and keeping things in alignment. And so anyways, if you're interested, call Dr. Kelly. He's one of the nicer guys you'll ever want to meet. Uh, his number is 773-631-6844. And the website is chicagodentistonline.com. Uh, one of my friends asked me about him and I said, call him up. So she did. And they had a really good conversation, cool. even though she lived in Virginia. He call, he talked to her anyways. Wow. Like, there's nothing and in it. And someone from Australia called him too, right? I don't know about I that. I remember last month you told me someone from Australia emailed her. All right. So now I want to get into some of these questions. Okay. Are you okay with that? Sure. I don't know what they are, but... That's right. I keep the, sec- the, the questions uh, private or secret until... Um, I'm ready to talk about it in the show. And then Kathy has to be on her tippy toes and be a problem solver here. So this is from a listener named Amanda. All right. I'm in. Uh, She kind of talks, blah, blah, blah. I've suffered from anxiety nearly all my life, which has been heightened with the birth of my son. We've always practiced attachment style parenting, even when it can be overwhelming for me. For some time now, It's become apparent that his behavior when mommy is around is very different than his behavior when mommy isn't around. When I'm not around, he's confident, funny, outgoing, adventurous, and will entertain himself and play endlessly without needing any help. Nearly never cries or whines and laughs all the time. But there's a 360 that happens when she's around. He follows me to every room in the house. When mom's around? When mom's around. Whines at at the drop of a hat, always wants to be held and will not pick up a toy or entertain himself. He always asks for my involvement and needs me to play with him or focus 100% of my time on him. I try every day to encourage him to find words of why he is whining and tell him that sometimes it's okay for mommy to read read or cook when he's playing and always try to fill up his attention. I have been told that this just displays his strong attachment, which I'm very proud of, but I'm also exhausted. Any tips? Well, I mean, there's no way, you know, just from reading that, that we that well, the, I could say do this or do that, but I can give some thoughts. Okay, what are your thoughts? Well, the first thing is, is she starts out by saying that she has significant anxiety that was heightened when she gave birth to her son. Correct. So what she's already saying is, I am an anxious person. Yep. Okay, and that's not about feeling bad about that, and I'm not casting any guilt about that, but that is a truth that she knows. So if she is feeling that kind of anxiety it is more than likely that her son feels that anxiety when he's around her. Okay. Um, And why that's important to understand is that our children pick up on what's going on in us and often act it out behaviorally. For example, um, if you are rocking your child at night because they won't go to sleep and you are angry and frustrated and annoyed that they won't go to sleep, most likely they'll start crying harder because they're picking up on that, that, you know, negativity. If you can find a way to breathe 
and bring calm to the moment, they pick up on your calm and are calmed. Now, the attachment parenting thing is, I have no issue with attachment parenting as a, as a theory, but sometimes we get too connected to the theory and we don't focus on what we may need in the moment. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is sometimes, you know, we may say, oh, I want to, you know, co-sleep or I want to always have them in a sling because I like that theory. But what about when you need a break? Mm -hmm. And there's a balance in there where we have to be cognizant of what's going on in us and we have to listen to what we need so we can take care of ourselves so then we can then offer something to our child. So it's not that you don't use a sling or do, you know, sleep, uh, co-sleeping or all the things that, you know, you know, going to them when they're crying in the night. There's a lot of parts of attachment parenting. Um, it's not that you don't do that at all. It's that you do that and you're still mindful about your needs simultaneously. Right. Does that make sense? I think it does. And she may, if she was, if she was sitting right here, she may say, well, I'm already doing all that. Mm -hmm. And, and that may be true, but I, I think that if you recognize that when you, when when you're not there and your son is somewhat calm mm. and kind of does their own thing, and then when your energy and his energy come together, he gets a little hyper and anxious. Right. It's not about saying it's all your fault. It's about saying if you can find a way to kind of match – find a place of calm, he may be able to match you there. Mm -hmm. And you may always have a little more, you know, some people's personality is a little more anxious. Well, and I think, I think I like your answer better than what my answer was going to be. Cause oh. my answer was going to be something like, um, he displays good behavior when she's not around. And then when she's around, he's much more needy or whatever. But mm -hmm. I feel like kids do that a lot. Like they, they display their best behavior. Like, you know, we've heard stories where, you know, the kids at daycare all day and the daycare workers are like, oh, he was so great. And then all of a sudden the kid comes home and it's a wreck. And the kid's a wreck because he now is with the people that love him unconditionally. No? Absolutely. No, no. It's completely true. You know, when if you have a child in daycare, in daycare, a lot of times they'll be great all day. And then just like you said, mom or dad shows up and the kid loses it just on sight right. of seeing mom and dad because they know they can. Mm -hmm. It's almost in a roundabout way, the greatest compliment, like her friends were saying to her, it's showing her that the attachment parenting, that he does feel attached to her and connected. So I think that's just as true. The, the thing that I was saying may be a piece of it. Mm -hmm. The thing you just said may be a piece of it. Right. There may be many pieces and it's not one solution. Right. Uh, I think what, what it all comes down to, though, is instead of looking at it like I have to follow this theory or what's wrong with my child, instead, just focus on what's going on in you right. and recognize when you need a break, recognize when the theory may not serve you in that moment. Um, recognize when, you know, you may need some support for yourself rather than always just trying to offer it to your child. There's, if we can be more, uh, self-aware, which is, you know, my favorite word in the world, then a lot of these things that seem so high maintenance dissipate. Right. I'm not saying they'll completely go away, but you got to look at all angles. Well, plus the kid's almost two, and um, that's very young. He's really young. Yeah, and just, I didn't even I, take that into consideration. I, you know, I, although this is like the worst advice you can give, just be patient and stick with it. And right, hopefully, two is really young. Yeah, he'll he'll grow out of it. But this is when parenting 
sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's so draining. It's so hard. And, you know, there's, believe me, there's challenges when they get older too, but you're so tired. I mean, this is just a really hard yeah. stage for Amanda. And, and it's not a stage where you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the way that they are. It's just a stage. Yeah. And at this two-year-old stage, they are getting ready for that three-year-old individuation mm-hmm. where they may be very needy right before they're about to kind of break out and walk a little further from you. Right. And so that's the thing. As soon as we are like, okay, now I'm dealing with this attachment, all of a sudden we're dealing with them wanting to get away with it from us. Yeah. So I- we don't want to get too stuck in the right, and I, I and I think a lot of times we want to know what do we do, what do we do. You might not be able to do anything yeah, other than what true. you said, which is try your best to bring calm energy to it, yeah. and even if he doesn't, and take res- care of yourself. Yeah, so that's what I would say. It, absolutely, I agree with all of that, and um, I had something else I was going to say about the two-year-old. I can't remember. Should have written it down, sweetie. Well, I was talking. Oh, then you should not have written it down. I was in, Are you I was ready for in question? Flow. Ready for question number two? I am. Go ahead. I don't know if I'm allowed to say her name, so I won't. Okay. Hello, my daughter just started first grade, and she's struggling with anxiety. It's oh, anxiety. I guess it's an anxious um, show today. Yeah, talking about anxiety. Uh, I was wondering if you had any advice on the subject. I'm trying to calm her, but I still send her to school because I'm thinking that's what I should do. But a lot of the time she's crying on the way in. I've even brought her in late and let her decide to go. But when we get there, she freezes and gets upset and a teacher comes to walk her to class. She cries in class a few times a day. Any thoughts would be helpful. I love you guys and the show. Mm, That was nice. I thought so. Well... We've been there. We have. We've definitely, we've been there. I've been there professionally. Remember when I used to have to get kids back into school? That used to be my job at Children's Memorial. Oh, yeah. Kids would have such significant anxiety that they would be hospitalized and my job was to help get them back into school like a little by little like you know today we're just going to drive up to the school and then the next day so you know we've and then todd and i like todd just said we've had all three of our daughters have had time where times uh, where they've been anxious for whatever reason so i think part of the reason i want to say that is because there's some normalcy i think that we view when our children are anxious about school we assume we're the only ones Mm -hmm. and we think look at everybody else's kid is going and my kid's the only one and that's not true don't do that to yourself um all kids not only do they have anxiety sometimes but there's i understand it i mean it i remember on the first day of school i cried this year i got really teary and part of it was because i had a daughter going to middle school and one going to first and you know it was my other one was going to fourth so i had my own feelings but then i was watching the kids going to school and some of them looked so afraid and they were walking in and i thought oh these kids they're so brave because this is not easy no and every once in a while when things build up it's you do break down a bit. And the thing that I picked up on, though, that you read, and this could just be the way she wrote it, but she said, I try to calm her. And I think the thing we need to do, help our children with when they're having anxiety, is help them to help themselves. We really can't make someone calm. What we can do is empower them to know that they have the ability to walk through things and that we will be standing back to support them. Now, I know for a first grader that may be hard to explain, but a lot of times we become just as anxious about them going to school as them going to school, meaning we'll be worried about, you know, what are you going to wear? What are you going to do? How are you going to do it this time? Are you okay? We're trying to like have them soothe us. Right. 
And instead of saying, you know, I'm behind you, how can I help you? What can I do to support you? And sometimes you need to go in with the teacher and make a plan together and have an agreement of how you're going to do it. Wasn't there like, and this is kind of a quick and easy solution and it may not work for our friend, but where they let the kid go in either before the kids got in there or after the kids got in there. Am I making that up? I feel like there was an episode where there was a simple solution where if the kid got there five minutes before everybody got there or five minutes after everybody was in there, it seemed like a less less anxious well, situation. And that's a perfect example of when you say to your child, talk to me exactly about when the anxiety comes, how it feels, when you feel it the most, because then instead of saying, I'm going to calm you or I'm going to force you into this situation. You're trying to get to the core of what's going on and allow them to share with you because I don't know that situation you're talking about, mm-hmm. Todd, but it's a perfect example of if the child says, well, actually, the, the day I'm fine, it's walking in the full classroom that bothers me. Well, take that piece out, just like you said. Get there five minutes early, and that is no longer an mm-hmm. issue, and then the rest of the day goes smoothly. Well, and we've shared this um, with our uh, middle daughter. She, we, we talked to the teacher and said, hey, our kid is getting homesick at school. Would you let her go to the bathroom more often than she has to go to the bathroom so she can go get her feelings out? Get some out. tears out, yeah. And that worked beautifully. Yeah, the teacher was like, fine. You so know? she just bailed and cried for 10 minutes and then came, or five minutes or two minutes and came back. I think what you want to create around your daughter rather than, is it a daughter or a son? I didn't. Daughter. It, instead of a sense of shame or guilt or what's wrong with you, it's a, uh, okay. I'm compassionate for your situation, or you don't have to use that word, but you know, okay, I get it. How can I support you? Because then they- The kid's going to say, don't make me go. Maybe, but let's not play hypotheticals because we re- they may say that and say, I, you know, I yeah, understand just, you don't want to go, right. but what are the pieces- you know, what, when, tell me about how it feels in your body when you get there, or tell me when you start to feel the most nervous, or what is the piece you're most afraid of? Because you may be able to kind of pick out, they may be nervous about something that that they've created that's not even true. Right. Sometimes we can get to unravel some untruths. And didn't we let like one of our kids bring their teddy bear Absolutely. and just l- let the kid have the teddy bear in the locker so she knows that the teddy bear's I there? I had my kids have taken my shirts to school mm-hmm. because it smells like me. They've taken um uh, teddy bears. I've p- printed photos mm-hmm. for my kids to put in their locker or on their chair or you know on their desk. We have had them bring you know obviously done things like um, you know get them there a little early if they need that or you know if they need to come home for lunch once a week just for that connection. We've done a lot of different things, yeah. and I think instead of thinking something's wrong and you need to fix it. You recognize this as just a moment in time of right. your child demonstrating that. They're smart, right. meaning, you know, we we run from my child is anxious about school right now to there's something wrong with them. And oftentimes there's there may be a simple solution or it may be a process that in like, I'll give you a great example. And it, then we got to wrap it up. Do we really? Yeah, it's 40, we're 40 in. Okay. So at the beginning of this school year, uh, my youngest is in first and she said to me, I really need you to be outside the school when I come out. I just need to see your face. So the first day, I'm standing by the wrong door. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't see my face. Which means you're a bad mom. (laughs) Well, it was such an innocent mistake that I really was able to look at her and say, listen, honey, I... 
so sorry I wasn't here. And I'm so sorry. You know, I was like, she was with her teacher and was fine, but we didn't, our agreement wasn't kept because I was at the wrong door. Because you're but a bad she, mom. But no, but she understood. You know, we, we got through it. I apologized for my piece, but she understood. And then, you know, since then I've been, you know, at the door, whatever. Well, she said to me today, this is, this is great. She, or, yeah, it was this morning when I dropped her off. She said, do you think it would be okay if I walked out the door and found you? And I was kind of like, well, of course you can do that. She goes, no, let me walk out on my own and I'll look for you like Cameron does. I was like, sounds great to me. Right. My point is, is that sometimes they need to be held and kept safe in a certain way. Like I need to see your face when I come out. And they'll break out on their own. And then they'll let you know when they're ready for a little more freedom. But if we try and fight and say, no, I'm not going to be there. Always trying to push them outside of their comfort zone because it's important for us to make sure that they grow and blah, 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 blah. They'll do it on their own. It's the whole, you know, my friend Annie just said this to me the other day and she reminded me of that great metaphor of a child trying to open a cocoon Mm -hmm. too soon. Like we want the butterfly to come out so we start to open the cocoon and what happens? It It dies. It doesn't, it's not ready. And it's, but if you allow a cocoon to open on its own and that butterfly to fly away when it's ready, it doesn't, in It does it on its terms with the way that it needs to grow. And our job is just to support it and watch it and listen. With the butterfly, you can even hear it start to jiggle. Mm -hmm. You know, and you you are that's our job. So I hope that supports there's like I said, I need to say for my own well being, there's no way I can literally answer these questions and give them absolutes, but hopefully I've given them something different to consider. Hope so. I think you did a good job, sweetie. Thank you. I give you an A minus. What's the minus? I don't know. Because I talk too much? No, no. You're all good. So um, tournament of bad really quick. I wanted to spend more time on this. We're not going to be able to talk about the rich thing. What about Avid? Uh, we'll talk about Avid in a second. Okay. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Sharon Osbourne is Ozzy's wife. Yes. And you 2 just released their album on iTunes for free to everybody who has iTunes. That's cool. So Sharon tweeted out, you 2 you are business moguls, not musicians anymore. No wonder you have to give your mediocre music away for free because no one wants to buy it. Guys, nothing is for free. How much, you, how much are you making? P.S. By the way, you are a bunch of middle-aged political groupies. And the band's new manager... Gary O'Siri said that it's a gift from Apple to their customers. They bought it and they're giving it away. So, and she goes on and on that U2 is setting a precedent that music is disposable. It's just another piece of software and it's nothing. You should give it away for free. There's a whole new breed of artists coming up that you need that that need that money to survive to be able to continue to create. But why is their decision about how they're going to make money going to affect a new musician? I think it's because maybe the audience is getting used to not paying for music, so they won't pay it for it elsewhere. But regardless, I'm just a big fan of you too, especially Bono because of the humanitarian work that he's done. Come on. And I'm going to put on my judgmental hat for Sharon Osbourne. I just want her to shh. Well, and here's the thing. Hey, Sharon, if she was in front of me, I'd put my index finger on her lips and just get shh. And that, that's so demeaning. annoying, demeaning. I do that sometimes to my friends. I know. Sharon, just shh. 
Can I say something sure, about that? Ahead. What I would say is what's interesting to the, the hypocrisy of that statement is you guys are business moguls, you know, you're getting paid somehow, you know, how dare you do this? But her whole comment is she's a, she's a, a manager herself. So her whole reason for doing that is for her to make money. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, how dare you? She's drawing attention to herself so she could be more exposed and blah, 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 blah. But anyways, yeah, just Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> That's going to be a new segment to our show. To our show. Shh, quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. All right. Marketing. Speaking of making money, um, what do we have to market? So we Dr. Got- Shafali. Well, that's not our market. She's our friend. I know, but we're helping her. Oh, okay. So Dr. Shefali was on this Sunday, and she was talking to a group of parents digging deep. She was on what? She was on Oprah's Life class Uh on OWN. And then next Sunday, the 28th, she is on again. um, And this time she's talking to kids and their parents uh, about some specific things that kids have to say about whether or not they feel heard or seen. And, you know, this is Todd and I were at that taping, um, which is kind of, you know, we got to spend some time with Shefali. But also a lot of the people, the participants in that show were friends of ours. So some of our BU girls and their parents. And so it's a it's a very interesting show, um, very well done. And the parents are really, really brave. And the kids are really self-aware. And I think you'll be very inspired. So September 28th, um, 8 o'clock Central Time um, on OWN, Oprah's Life Class, Dr. Shefali. I have two books, The Self-Aware Parent, The Self-Aware Parent 2. I also have a new book coming out in about a month and a half called Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, The Power of Self-Aware Parenting. And I'm really excited to share that book. I feel like that's like everything that we try and talk about on this show in written version. It's going to be a big one, sweetie. It is. Buckle up. Buckle up. And uh, what else do we have? Well, um, I just announced uh, my second annual uh, men's retreat with my co-facilitator, Frank Nago. And I'm, I'll have a YouTube clip of the highlights of last year's retreat. So if you're a guy, no matter where you are, I have, I think I have people coming in from all over the country to do this and space is limited. So, um, check the YouTube clip out that are in the show notes, um, or just send me an email and I'll get you more information at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And then I'll replace the race, um, October 8th, October 8th at Bethel Learning Center in Elmhurst. Uh, it's a 30-minute kind of summary of the movie along with some updates. The movie Race to Nowhere. Race to Nowhere. And then we have a discussion about how to advocate change in the schools and in the house and everything else. Yeah, I think it'll be really great. And that's in the show notes as well. Okay. And then uh, share our show. And um, don't forget, if you ship, uh, if you shop on Amazon, go through our webpage, com. There is a uh, search on the right-hand side. And if you um, shop through there, then we get a commission. BU Inc. gets a commission. So it doesn't cost you any more. It just kind of helps us It comes from Amazon. Yes. So anyways, anything else you got, sweetie? I think that's it. I say Sharon Osbourne. Yikes. Sharon Osbourne. Shh. I know. But we don't want to be demeaning to Sharon Osbourne. No, I'm not I'm just saying shh. (laughs) It's not demeaning. We can share how we feel without putting anybody else down. Yeah, I'm not putting her down. I'm just saying shh. Quiet. (laughs) You should have played a U2 song to finish up. Um, Next time. All right. Uh, Keep trucking. Keep trucking, everybody. Bye-bye. Adios.